0: We think about this season and we think about um, how much the world is trying to get rid of Jesus and Christmas. Uh, I don't know about you, but I always make it a point when somebody tells me Happy Holidays, I always tell them Merry Christmas. (laughs) Absolutely. They can try all they want to to get rid of Jesus. I'm not going to let them do it. (laughs) It isn't going to happen. I want to look in the book of Isaiah in chapter 9 chapter 9 of the book of Isaiah, and uh, the Christmas story. <clears throat> it should always be told. The truth of it, the power of it, what happened with, the, with Christ uh, coming to earth and being born as a child, and, and the, <laughs> just the total magnific- magnificence of that. It's, it's amazing. Uh, Isaiah chapter 9. Are, everyone get there? Go down to verse 6 and it says, for unto us a child is born and unto us a son is given and the government shall be upon his shoulder and his name shall be called Wonderful, Counselor, the Mighty God, the Everlasting Father, and the Prince of Peace. And Lord, thank you for the season that we have, what it means, the power of this season and the 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 act that you did lord and how how it changed the world and I thank you and praise you in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. The world that was in existence two thousand plus years ago in Israel, in the Middle East is so diametrically opposed to what we have today in 2019 United States that it's sometimes hard for us to wrap our minds around what it was like there. Christmas in America has been so commercialized and skewed um, the story, and my wife was whispering some of that when we were up practicing today about how so many of the Christmas carols, as much as we love them, have some very glaring inaccuracies in them. And we just kind of overlook it and, you know, it, it, it is what it is. But I think it just um, illustrates the idea that we, as modern Americans, have no idea what it was really like in Israel prior to the birth of Jesus Christ, or immediately after the birth of Jesus Christ, it was a different world. Things like slavery were common. Uh, there was not the the focus on the um, on raising a family in a, the close knit way that we see today. There was. Um, of course, I've mentioned before, children and, and women, slaves, had no real value uh, in society at that time. And uh, the power of the ruler and the king was, was ultimate. And, I mean, it was so different than what we see today. But what we do know is that because Jesus Christ was born of, as a baby and walked this earth, the world has never been the same. And every part of the world has been impacted by Jesus Christ. There's there's not a place in the world that hasn't had some kind of of an impact because Jesus Christ was born. And that's exactly what Isaiah said. Uh, A child, a son is given. This son is given. God, in His ultimate plan, knew that there was no way to redeem, him, to redeem His people unto Himself without giving His Son. He couldn't give anything else to do it. They, they, they sacrificed bullocks, they sacrificed lambs, they sacrificed these things, but they were only a stopgap. It, it, it didn't wash away the sin. It didn't com- completely cleanse the people from their sin. And just any man couldn't do it. Because how can you sacrifice, how can you go to to the cross and die for somebody else's sin when you're a sinful man yourself? That doesn't work. It had to be a sinless person that died on a cross and the only one that could do that was God Himself. And so God came down in the form of a man and, and, and walked this earth. And so He left heaven. He gave it up. Can you imagine that? I mean, think about... Your almighty God, you literally spoke the world into existence. The Bible says that by Jesus Christ, all things exist. Jesus created it all. He spoke it into existence. And the power of God brought this whole universe into play. And he, in ultimate power and authority who can span the universe in the palm of his hand, comes down to this one little planet called earth. And is born as a person, as a human, and allows His creation to torture Him. That's amazing in and of itself right there. I don't think I would want to do that. It wouldn't really be high on my list, but God gave it all. He gave away His power. He gave away His authority. He gave away His throne. He gave away His heavenly dominion. He gave away His comfort. And He gave away His pride. He gave it all away. He put it all away so that he could come and be born as a person on this earth. And the Bible says that the government is on his shoulders. And that, that word government there, that Mishra in the, in the uh, Hebrew, it occurs only twice, and, and it's right here together. And it basically, it denotes the burden. In, in that day, the, the translation understood that, that government was a burden. It hasn't changed in all these years, it's still a burden. <laughs> that's what government is <laughs> like an old TV show I saw one time and the the, the head character said uh, son that's what governments are for is to get in a man's way and <laughs> there was a lot of truth to that little statement right there so all the government all the burden all the pressure everything was on his shoulders and and that's what that he did was carry the burden of mankind it 1 Peter chapter 5 and verse 7 says, Cast all your care upon him. He carries that burden. See, we have the, the ability by the grace of God to walk uh, free of that burden. Does that mean we always do? Absolutely not. We like to carry our own burdens a lot of times. We you know, as the old preacher used to say, we go to the, the altar, we lay our, our burden at the altar, and then we get up and pick it back up and go back to our seat. That's so often the case. But God has given us that ability because His Son carries that burden on His shoulders. We don't have to carry that burden. We can lay it on Him and walk away from it. The power of God gives us freedom from that burden. And He was called Wonderful. Now, they often say Wonderful Counselor. That's not what it says there. He was Wonderful, comma, Counselor. <laughs> he was wonderful in everything that he did. He wasn't just a normal child. He was wonderful in everything. Matthew seven twenty eight says, And it came to pass when Jesus says, ended these sayings, these people were astonished at his doctrine, for he taught them not, not as one having authority, not, or as he taught them as one having authority and not as the scribes. He wasn't just a normal man. He spoke with that wonderful. He taught with that wonderful. Everything he did on this earth was wonderful. He lived wonderfully. He walked without sin on this earth. That's quite a task in itself. He walked without sin on this earth. What a, what a wonder that would be. How many problems would we not have if we hadn't fallen into sin ourselves? We do it our, to ourselves. He defeated death wonderfully. The devil couldn't put death on Jesus Christ. He walked free of that death. He ascended back into heaven wonderfully. Now, of all the events that ever happened on, on earth, I... I think that would be a one of my top ten that I would want to witness personally was when Jesus Christ ascended back up into heaven. That would be totally cool to see. To watch the Lord just rise and, 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 and the power of God. It would be wonderful to see that. I would love, I don't know, to watch Him come up out of that grave. I'd like to see that too. I, I, there's, there's a lot of things I'd like to see. I would have loved to have watched him walk down the street and heal people. I guess uh, of those top 10, all of them would be during that time when Jesus was on earth, I think. I'd want to see that. I would love to witness that. But he is also the counselor, he's the one that gives us wisdom for our life. We have people that go to psychologists, psychotherapists and 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 sociologists and whatever gists they go to. And and I saw a report, I wish I could remember the numbers, but they, they said something to the effect of that that people who have mental illness, if they go to a psychiatrist, they're, they're you know, twenty percent chance of being well within a year, and if they go to a psychotherapist, there's 30% chance in a year, and and it went down the line, and then then it said if they don't go to anybody, they're like 80% chance of being well within a year. You're you're better off if you don't go to the professionals. (laughs) But Jesus is the counselor. How many problems would we not carry if we quit going to People to talk about the problem and we actually went to God to talk about the problem. Because most of the time we're looking for somebody who agrees with what we're doing. I, it used to drive me crazy when one of my brothers and his wife were always fighting and she would go find her, her friends and, and they would just you know get together and talk about how awful of a human being he was. And by the time they were done, she was pretty worked out by the time she got home. But she didn't want to talk to us because we would tell her the other side of the story as well. So they, she always wanted to look for the people that agreed with her. Well, we, we tend to do that. You know, we want, if we're mad at somebody, we want somebody to say, you're right. Boy, that person, that dirty, rotten dog, man, you have every right to be angry at them. Always amazes me in all of the thousands of people I've met who are divorced. I've only met one or two that were el- ever the cause of that divorce. Amazing. It was always the other person. <laughs> is, I, I always end up with just that one side, the, the innocent party. <laughs> it's incredible how that is. <laughs> I, always, I always make comment that God forbid if anything ever happened to my wife, I'm pretty sure I would just be single for the rest of my life because if I met somebody and, and she was divorced, I'd want to go find her ex and talk to him. What is she really like? all right now that i'm in trouble let me get back to this (laughs) We, we fail to get the counseling that we truly need because we fail to go to god with it we fail we like to carry it ourselves and hand it to the wrong people and share it with the wrong people but god is also that mighty god he is not just a God. He is the God. He is the God that that has changed the world, turned the world on its end many different times, has been ruled out and considered to be past and going to be gone and dead. And yet, he just keeps on coming back. And how many times have they said, oh, within X amount of years, Christianity will be gone. And here it is. And now we're hearing it again. I saw an article, well, two or three articles in the last week or so talking about how churches' attendance is down in America. More and more people are considering themselves to be uh free of religion or, you know, agnostic and, and etc. and people are saying Christianity is dying out. Let me tell you something. Christianity is not going anywhere. Right. When the devil thinks he's winning, it's about the time that God gives a knockout punch. Right. He might think he's got his hand on it and God will bring back, and I believe that there will be a, a move of the Spirit of God that will, will awaken just like it did in Europe. Back In the day, back when revival broke out in Europe, there were places where they considered Christianity to be completely dead and then one person get the the power of the Holy Spirit come upon them, and start talking, and and start preaching, and start praying, and pretty soon the whole place is on fire, and people are coming from miles around to, to come to the meetings. God is not done with his church, and he's not done with his people, and he's still working his plan. He is that powerful, almighty God. Did you know that God the Father, now now there are religions like Jehovah's Witnesses that that try to claim that that Jesus Christ is just, He's just a man, He's just a teacher, He's a, a prophet, He's this or that or the other thing. He's not really God. But you know that God the Father called Jesus Christ God? Did you know that? In Hebrews chapter 1, verse 8, it says, "...Unto the Son He saith..." Who's He? The Father. "...Thy throne, O God..." is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of thy kingdom. Jesus Christ is God. And any time they try to argue that, they are defiling the Word of God and what it means. It took God to become man to wash away your sins and mine. It couldn't be done any other way. He wasn't a good guy. He wasn't a good man. He wasn't a, 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 just a prophet. He was Almighty God manifested in the flesh because you and I needed Him to manifest in the flesh. That's right. We had to have it. it. Without God in the flesh, we would die and, and burn forever. But God laid out a plan and said, I'm going to send my Son into the world. And He is going to live among them. And He is going to be their example. And He is Almighty God and the Everlasting Father. And He is the Prince of Peace. Yes. He is the Prince of Peace. The Bible talks about that peace that passes all understanding. And you know, many people right here can testify of that, that peace. The time when they've lost somebody. Somebody. The time when they haven't had anything. The time that they sit in their doctor's office and the doctor says, starts shaking his head. And the, those times that the world just seems to crash in around them. And all of a sudden there's just a peace that comes upon them that they can't explain. They don't understand it. They don't know where it comes from other than it comes from Almighty God. When they should be, when they should be devastated, they suddenly just lift their hands and say, My God whatever. Wherever you take me, whatever you want me to do, wherever we're going, God, we're going through this thing together. That peace of God cannot be explained. It just comes. As the Holy Spirit comes down and it, it gets into our life and it turns horrible situations into joyful situations. The war, No matter how bad things are, we can just start praising God and glorifying God. And the world looks at us and says, what's wrong with you? You shouldn't be so happy. Look how, how bad things why are you so happy? And it's, it's not that I'm just happy to be going through that situation. I'm happy because I'm not going through it alone. I am not alone. My God is with me every step of the way. That, it's that time when you're crying out and saying, God, I, I can't take any more of this. I can't take it. I don't know what to do, God. I cannot take one more thing, and the Holy Spirit comes down and says, "Yes, you can." And it's kind of like that old, that old uh, thing of, of what is that? Footsteps? God just kind of picks you up and says, "Come on, we're okay." I'm gonna take you right through this. You're not alone, and you're not alone. The world says everything's falling out around you, but I got you, and we're gonna carry. We're gonna come through this thing. You're not alone. He left heaven to do that for you, and he did that for me. God became personal. That's what's so wonderful about Jesus Christ is gods were always way out there somewhere and we're here and almost all gods are just angry. They're waiting for you to mess up and you have to appease them and they would do horrible things like sacrifice their children to them and, and do awful things in order to have a good crop or whatever. But Jesus brought God from way out there to right here and a God that we can talk to and walk with and hear from, and commune with, and know that He's right here with us, a friend that sticks closer to the brother. It's, we have a hard time relating to a God that's out there some t- someplace, but Jesus became a man and walked the earth with us. He is no longer way out there. He's right here. The veil was rent, folks. The veil in the temple was rent so that we could access that throne room with confidence and walk into the very presence of God. That's what it's about. Hallelujah. He became a man for that. And you know, in all of that, I am not saying that we don't face problems, because we do. We have problems. Our bodies hurt. Our hearts break. We lose friends or loved ones and we're devastated. It happens. Absolutely. But, God gives that peace that passes all understanding where He comes in and just lets us know, kid, you're not alone. You're not fighting this battle by yourself. I'm with you. And, and as I said earlier, a lot of our people in the last week or two, wow, they've been going through a lot of stuff. A lot of stuff. A lot of sickness. A lot of, of I don't know, just, just problems and trials and battles. And I've been saying for the last month or so, I want us to to hold up before God this problem with sickness in this church. That needs to go. That needs to go. Sickness and injury that seems to just keep happening and keep happening, that needs to go. It needs to be gone. And serious illnesses that many people are dealing with. So I'm going to, as we close this side of it, and I'm trying to, to make it kind of short because I want to spend some time praying for those who are battling with this.